You're listening to the Fueled and Free podcast. I'm your host, Margaret, a holistic nutritionist, bringing you real talk and thought-provoking conversations on food, the wellness world, women's health topics, and life. Remember, the information shared in this podcast is not to be taken as individual or medical advice. On today's episode, we are talking all about functional labs. I'm answering all of your questions on what lab testing can show. I'll also give you some clinical examples of how I've used lab testing to help with clients that deal with things like PCOS, endometriosis, food sensitivities, infertility, insulin resistance, thyroid issues, etc. I'm sharing the differences between functional labs versus getting blood work because this is a question that I get all the time why a person can benefit from lab testing, when might lab testing be unnecessary, what to maybe work on first before you go jumping into testing everything, where to get it done, what to do with the results, and all of those things. I get a lot of these questions on the regular because let's face it, the the world of functional lab testing is something that has gained more popularity. It's more common than it was just even a handful of years ago. It's becoming more mainstream to utilize these types of testing. More people are becoming aware of the functional medicine side to health and not just going to a regular doctor the second that you have a symptom. And so I think it's an important thing to understand though, when it might be beneficial to do functional labs, because I don't necessarily think every person needs to do labs on themselves. I do think sometimes we can jump the gun on testing lots of things, Again, I want to talk about some things that maybe I would have you work on before jumping right to lab testing. So functional labs typically test a person's urine, stool, saliva, your hair, or blood work can be evaluated from a functional perspective. And these are really helpful markers that can help a practitioner dig deeper and get a more thorough look at what is happening inside the body. You'll often hear functional lab testing lumped into the category of functional medicine. It's important to know that functional practitioners evaluate lab results in a much more narrow range. It's commonly known as what is the optimal range. And the goal here is to identify changes in physiology. These labs are fantastic for identifying what areas of your body might be imbalanced depleted, under-resourced, and need attention. Every person has their own unique biochemistry, their own genetics, health situation. And so we can use these specialty labs to narrow down what therapies, what modalities must be applied to help bring your body back into balance. The goal here is to catch dysfunction early so it can be corrected. We use diet, nutrition, lifestyle changes, and natural supplements to help restore function and bring the body back to this balanced, feeling good state. Functional lab ranges have not been associated with an increased risk of dysfunction or disease in research studies. These lab ranges give us clues and insights into, again, internal imbalances well before traditional blood work comes back normal. This is probably the number one thing that I see in my practice is clients will get blood work done with their doctor and the lab range that the lab uses 
is not a functional range. It is not an optimal range. It is merely a range used to try to give a diagnosis and seek to identify pathology or disease. And then pharmaceutical medications are frequently prescribed to treat those abnormal markers. Conventional lab ranges use a much more broad reference range. Personally, I fell into functional lab testing during a time when I was experiencing certain health symptoms. I had chronic hormonal acne, an irregular menstrual cycle, a lot of PMS, and the blood work that I had done came back as normal, but I was miserable. And the only solution that was offered to me was hormonal birth control or taking an antibiotic for my skin. And I vividly remember visiting my local chiropractor. Shout out to JP and Genevieve at Premier Chiropractic. If you're in the Lehigh Valley, Allentown area, they're in Emmaus. They're amazing. Husband and wife couple. My son was born with um, excess fluid around his brain. And Genevieve focused on cranial sacral therapy and did a lot of manipulation on his skull. And I swear she is the reason that that kid was able to walk by a year old because his... Every doctor told me that he would not walk until he was two or three years old because he was, he had a very large head and chiropractic care was amazing for my family. We still go. But anyways, when I was seeing them back in 2018 with my skin stuff, my uh, local chiropractor, JP, he recommended the GI map test, the stool test. And this is a test that you can do at home and it assesses important markers related to digestion It evaluates pathogens like, do you have H. pylori, which is really, really common to see on gut tests. I'll talk more about that. Bacteria, fungus, yeast, parasites, um, and just the overall health of your gut microbiome. He helped interpret the results for me. I remember him giving me like an email report of like, this is what came back. This is what it means. And he did give me a few recommendations on what I should do to try to address my gut issues. But For me, I was in a stage of life where I had really little kids. My kids were like two and four years old at the time. And I love my chiropractors. I don't want to speak anything badly about them, but their specialty is chiropractic care. They're not health coaches. You know, I didn't have like a protocol built out where we were having regular meetings to discuss my symptoms. So anyways, I didn't really see massive changes in my own health because I didn't know how to fix my issues on my own. Which brings me to my next point. Functional lab testing is only helpful and insightful if you are working with a practitioner that can not only help you interpret those results, but also show you what do the results mean and come alongside you and coach you along the way on how to address what's going on in your body. I've worked with quite a few clients that have been able to get access to functional labs on their own, meaning they've ordered testing online, like a a Dutch test, which is a hormone test, or they've ordered their own hair test, but then they don't have someone that can help interpret those results. And then they're left to Google or YouTube, which if I'm being honest, that is not how you want to figure out your health symptoms and what to do with lab results. You really want to work with someone that's been trained and not only on how to interpret those results, but also to look at certain clues and patterns. For example, I know that if a certain marker is off on a stool test, I can almost guarantee that that person has estrogen dominance, or there's a certain pattern that exists on a hair test that correlates to possible mold toxicity or mold illness or certain things that as you do labs and you've worked with enough people and 
you've gone through certain trainings and certifications, you are able to kind of look at it from the lens of like a health detective, right? And then the key is, what are we doing with these results? Is someone able to come alongside you and help you figure out how to address these things? Personally, when I first started working with clients, I only offered hair testing initially. And I'm going to talk about the hair test. I love the hair test. It's the first one I learned how to do. It's a test that I still do with every single client. And so my initial package when I started working with clients was you get a hair test, you get an interpretation where we meet on Zoom and I go over the results with you. And then we have another follow-up where I'll go over a protocol. You know, I, I had a package structured where we had like one or two calls or three calls And I I kind of gave you like all the results and then I gave you recommendations on how to address your mineral imbalances and I sent you on your way. And I would say about half of the people would walk away from that experience very overwhelmed. Like they were just fire hose with a ton of information. Not only were they told like what's wrong with their labs, right? Because a lot of times if someone's coming to me with symptoms, there's going to be something off on their labs. It's a guarantee, And then there can be kind of this sort of analysis paralysis that happens where you're like, okay, I just got all this information. What now? And then the other half would be like, this is great. It's so validating. Thank you so much. And then they go on their way and get started on their protocol. And some people would do things for a little bit and, or if a question popped up, like there just wasn't enough long-term support built in to make sure that they adhered to a protocol that it worked, that we didn't need to pivot or change things. And the issue that I found with this type of program is you're just delivering test results and giving a person a protocol of like what nutrition changes to make, what supplements to take, what lifestyle changes should they do. If there's not enough follow-up and actual coaching to help them ensure that they know how to do it, they're not going to stick to the plan and get the results and the outcome that they're looking for, right? Which is a waste of their money and their time. And for me as a practitioner, I want to see my clients adhere to a protocol, get these things implemented because they're going to see results. And if you get results, you're going to be happy. You're going to be more likely to refer me more clients. It's a win-win for everyone involved, but I also will say sometimes you get these lab results back and what is required to address what your labs show, you are not in a season of life to be able to do. For example, sometimes you'll do a gut test on someone and they have a lot of parasites and candida overgrowth and bacteria, but they're still breastfeeding their baby a couple times a day. That is a client where I might say like, hey, let's work on other things. Like let's optimize your digestion. Let's address some of the other things that are on your labs, but your deep gut protocol that you need to do, your parasite cleanse and all of these candida things that we've got to clean up. We're not going to tackle that until you're done breastfeeding. Or sometimes you work with people that are traveling a lot for work and they're not home a lot and their access to being able to do drainage and detox protocols and, you know, putting in the time on a regular basis to remember to take certain supplements and adhere to a treatment plan is just, it's just not in their, their day-to-day schedule. It's not something that they have the time or capacity to do. 
And so that's something to keep in mind before you pursue lab testing is like, are you in a, are you in a season of life that you can tackle these things potentially? Um, which goes to my next point. There's never a good time to work on your, you know, work on your health. Like that's just the truth, right? Speaking from experience, sometimes you do just have to rip off the bandaid and make a decision and just make the next best choice and go from there. So anyways, eventually I did evolve my practice to where when you come to us for lab testing, we don't just give you the results and send you on your way. Our main package includes consistent check-ins and one-on-one support so that you can actually follow the steps necessary to address what's going on in your body and then you actually see results. This is really important because getting these lab results, they can not only be super validating and make you feel like, okay, now I understand why I'm feeling this way. And you get answers. For many, you've gone to multiple doctor appointments, you've had other blood work done, um, and you haven't gotten real answers. And so for some, this is the first time they're giving real answers on why they're experiencing certain health issues. But for others, it also can be very humbling and emotional and overwhelming. And that is speaking from personal experience. I have done labs on myself where I have gotten the test results back and literally cried and literally felt like, where do I do now? Right? It's it, it can be extremely overwhelming and emotional. But again, coincides with like, yes, now we know what's going on. And that can be a very exciting feeling of like, all right, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Now we know where to go from here. So Let's talk about what functional labs should you consider getting done. I want to break down a few different lab types that are out there. Main two tests that I think every single person can benefit from as a starting point in their health journey is number one, the hair tissue mineral analysis. This is also known as the HTMA. This is the hair test. And then number two is the GI map stool test. Digestion. Your gut health is at the center of everything in your body. If you are not digesting your food well, you're going to be in a nutrient deficient state. It affects literally every aspect of your health. Optimizing digestion is so, so important. Both of these tests you can do at home. With the HTMA, you send in a small sample of your hair. And so you clip it from the root. You're supposed to send in about a heaping teaspoon worth of hair to the lab. And then this sample of hair gives insight into your nutritional mineral levels and the presence of heavy metals. The amount of hair you have to send from the root is about an inch and you need natural growth. So if you bleach or color your hair, or even if you get like um, a glaze done on your hair, any sort of coloring treatments at the salon, you'll want to wait until your hair grows out a little bit more, or you're supposed to wash it a certain number of times before you clip the hair. But especially to my blondies out there, if you're bleaching the hair, you want to let that grow out. And then you clip it from like underneath around like the nape of your neck. Some do send in pubic hair samples if it's not possible to get hair from the scalp. And so this test shows results that reflect not only how much of these elements are in your body's tissues, but gives a really vivid picture of your body's internal environment. So not only can we see like what your nutrient status is for certain minerals, like calcium, magnesium, sodium, potassium, zinc, selenium, boron, chromium. These are some of the different minerals that we look at. We can also learn how efficiently your body is working. 
It provides what is known as a mineral outline. Um, you see like a bunch of bars come back on the test. And so you get other information regarding like what is your body's metabolic rate, your energy levels, how are you tolerating blood sugar with uh, specifically, are you more sensitive potentially to carbohydrates? Uh, what stage of stress is your body in? How's your nervous system functioning? Are you in more of that fight or flight state? Or are you in more of the collapse, exhaustion, shutdown stage of stress? How's your immune system, inflammation, uh, again, energy levels, blood sugar imbalances, and then of course, glandular activity. So we can see if your adrenals are in more of that like adrenal fatigue state, the underactive state, or if your adrenals are in more of a state of overdrive. And same thing with your thyroid. There's markers that can tell us how well we're able to get thyroid hormone into the cell. And so really helpful for people that are like, my thyroid's normal, but I'm showing all the classic signs of hypothyroidism. And you look at their calcium versus their potassium levels on a hair test. And we can see that we're just not getting enough thyroid hormone into the cell because they might have excesses of calcium building up and not enough potassium. And potassium is really, really helpful for sensitizing our cells to thyroid hormone. Even just that one little marker on a hair test can piece together a lot of symptoms and why someone's experiencing certain symptoms. So moving on, I want to talk about the GI map or also known as the stool test. It's a gut test. The stool test you can do at home, which is very convenient, and it shows the presence of certain pathogens like H. pylori, parasites, fungus, yeast, if you have bacterial overgrowth. And again, it looks at the overall health of your gut microbiome. So for example, if a person's been on a lot of antibiotics, common to see that their, their intestinal gut flora is very wiped out. And that's a person that can really benefit from certain prebiotics and certain probiotics. We can also piece together why someone's having certain symptoms. Like for example, if you're one of the many, many people that test positive for H. pylori, you are almost guaranteed going to experience burping, bloating, a lot of acid reflux is linked to H. pylori. It's also linked to skin issues like acne, cognitive issues like brain fog and anxiety, a lot of skin issues like rosacea, eczema, acne, psoriasis can be linked to imbalances in the gut. We've also seen massive, tremendous progress in clients with insulin resistance after working on their digestive health. The other thing that I love about the gut test is it also shows markers related to how well you're digesting your food. So do you need to potentially supplement with digestive enzymes? Digestive enzymes help your body break down protein, carbs, and fats. Uh, there's a marker called steatocrit that tells us if you're digesting your fats well. And if you're not digesting fats well, um, that's a really big deal to not digest your fats well puts you in a really nutrient deficient state. We need adequate dietary fats to support many, many aspects of our daily metabolic function can give us some clues of if someone's sensitive to gluten, if their immune system is maybe not in an optimal state. And then there's some inflammatory markers. So sometimes I will see elevated markers like calprotectin. Calprotectin is a marker of inflammation. And depending on the client, if they have really high calprotectin, I might refer them out to a gastroenterologist for a colonoscopy. 
So anyways, super, super helpful test. And this is something that depending on what the results look like, you could be looking at a 60, 90, 120 days long of taking certain supplements. There is a strategy or a a kind of an order in which you tackle things that come back in the gut. So for example, if someone tests positive for H. pylori and they have bacteria, and sometimes you'll even see a third thing like candida overgrowth or a parasite, there is a certain protocol or order in which you tackle these things. You don't just throw six gut supplements at someone all at once and say, all right, guess what? We're going to do a pylori protocol, bacteria and parasites all at once. Like that is just not sustainable. Um, The client's not going to feel good on that many supplements. It it also will push a lot of detox. And so that goes back to another point I want to make. It is really important that before you even start any gut protocol, that your, your drainage and your detox pathways are really well supported. So your pathways that I'm referring to is, are you able to sweat, urination, making sure the person's pooping every single day? That's a really, really important thing. I do see a lot of people with chronic constipation, and we really got to work on regular bowel movements before we try to get rid of something like parasites, uh, because we need to make sure we're excreting those toxins making sure we're supporting the liver. So a lot of times I implement strategies for a client to work on their liver detoxification, supporting lymphatic drainage. That might look like dry brushing your skin to get that fluid movement. We don't want any stagnant fluid and swelling. And so those are some of the different things that we really take into consideration before we even start to tackle what might need to be taken care of in a gut protocol. Okay. Um, I have had clients where they're on a gut protocol for four plus months. And depending on how your body responds to supplements, sometimes it is a little bit of a, a two step forward, one step back process. I would say too, that gut protocols are not just about what supplements to take. We're also really working on the nervous system side of things. Um, making sure that the person is not constantly in a state of chronic stress Because as you know, if you are in a high cortisol, high stress, fight or flight state all the time, that massively dials back your body's digestion. And it's really hard to make progress with digestion if you're constantly, constantly chronically stressed. So sometimes part of this work is really evaluating some real deal self-care practices and reducing stress. Um, We're also looking at diet, of course, and working on nutrition and we're incorporating herbs and Lots of different things beyond just what supplements to take. If you're interested in testing hormones, I am a huge, huge fan of the Dutch test. I personally do a test. It's called the Dutch Complete, and that gets ordered from a lab through Precision Analytical, which by the way, the GI map, if you're interested in knowing what lab you get that one from, that test comes from Diagnostic Solutions. And so the Dutch test is a urine test. And you're supposed to do the test after you've ovulated. So they give you really detailed instructions on when to do it. But if you're a cycling premenopausal woman, you typically collect your urine samples over the course of two days, usually between days like 19 and 22 of a 28 day cycle. If you have longer cycles, you might do it a little bit later. So maybe like days 22 to 24. 
And then same thing, if your cycles are shorter, you might collect that sample a little bit earlier, like days 17 and 18. Again, there's really detailed instructions when you do a Dutch test, you do it at home. And typically what you're doing is you're collecting samples around dinner time, bedtime, and then the next day when you wake up, and then again, two hours after waking. And there's some limitations on like, you're not supposed to drink caffeine or drink alcohol. There's certain foods you're, you're kind of supposed to avoid when you do the Dutch test. So I do get asked a lot, like, why do urine versus saliva? Which one's better? I'll break down for you real quick the difference between saliva versus urine. You'll see I've utilized both types of tests in my practice. I personally do prefer urine when it comes to hormones. So with saliva, a saliva test measures your free, unbound, bioavailable, biologically active hormones, which these are the hormones that can be delivered to the receptors in your body's tissues. Only unbound hormones are able to pass through in the saliva. Whereas with urine, this measures the parent hormones and their metabolites. It also measures unbound hormones. So it reflects bioavailable hormones. And again, those hormone metabolites. Where this is important is, for example, some estrogen metabolites have a really protective effect on estrogen-sensitive tissues, whereas other estrogen metabolites can have a more carcinogenic effect. Measuring those metabolites can give us insight into what your hormones are doing in your body. For example, I'll give you a really good example of this. If I have someone that comes to me that has endometriosis or ovarian cysts or fibroids, I am not going to do a saliva test on them because it's just going to show those unbound biologically active hormones. It's not going to show any metabolites. It'll show like what is their estrogen level, progesterone, testosterone. I'm thinking of specifically there's a certain saliva test that I'll do that also looks at your cortisol. Everyone likes to look at cortisol, but it's also helpful to see other hormone levels too. With the Dutch, we will see not only those hormone levels, but also certain metabolites specifically in regards to estrogen and some of your androgen hormones. With estrogen metabolites, we can see if your estrogen is being metabolized down pathways in your body that may cause more um, cell proliferation and increase your likelihood of things like ovarian cysts or fibroids or tumors. Um, There's certain markers in the Dutch test that can kind of give us a clue if someone might be more prone to certain types of estrogenic cancers because those estrogen metabolites are having a more carcinogenic effect on the body. And there are certain measures as a practitioner that we can take with a client to improve their estrogen metabolism, right? And same thing with your androgen hormones. There are certain metabolites that if your androgen hormones are being pushed down a certain way in your body, you're going to experience more PCOS type symptoms like oily skin, acne, hair growth on the face. And so I think that's really helpful information to have. Personally, the more information that we can get on a person, the more we can really get a full scope of what's going on. So I'm a big fan of the urine for hormone testing much, much more beneficial than blood testing for sure. 
If you are dealing with hormone issues, yes, blood testing can be helpful, but I would definitely look into the Dutch. It's a urine test. The Dutch test will also show what a person's cortisol levels are. Um, There's two markers related to cortisol. So it will tell us not only how much cortisol your body is producing, but also how much is sticking around in your body on a 24-hour time frame. Um, It shows your pattern. So is your waking cortisol really low? Is it really high? Shows that morning cortisol, afternoon, and nighttime. And so we can see if there's dysregulation with someone's cortisol. And then we can link that to, all right, what's causing a person's cortisol to be super, super low? Do they have prolonged, chronic, unrelenting stress? Um, In the case of a client recently, they had really, really low cortisol output and really low estrogen, progesterone, all of their hormones were super, super low. And as we know, if your hormones are too low or too high or not balanced the way they should be, there's always a reason why. Hormonal imbalances are not root cause. So you have to zoom out and ask like, all right, why is this person's estrogen so darn high? Is their liver overburdened with toxins? And do they need to work on liver detoxification? Or are they using a lot of endocrine disruptors? What's their alcohol consumption look like? What's their nutrition? Uh, Do they have a lot of gut infections? Gut infections often coincide with high estrogen. Going back to the cortisol conversation, I had someone recently that had really low cortisol and they were living in mold. Mold was suppressing their cortisol production. So I love the Dutch. I I do like looking at hormones because we can really get a lot of clues of why someone's experiencing certain symptoms. But I will say the Dutch is not necessarily the first test that I would run on someone. So if I have someone that's coming to me with different health issues, it's often like the third test that I'll run on someone. And I often will do a Dutch after we've worked on digestion, after we've addressed mineral deficiencies. And again, the reason why is hormones, when they're out of balance, we still have to figure out why. Like if you have a lot of estrogen or certain markers off on the Dutch test and you haven't done a gut test yet, you're going to want to go back and test your gut. Same thing with cortisol patterns. There are certain cortisol patterns that can be rooted in mineral imbalances, stress, nutrient deficiencies, um, inflammation that's happening in the body. So we have to look at a lot of different things. Does the person have lots of blood sugar issues and they're just not, they're, they're not having well-balanced blood sugar. They're skipping meals. They're waking up in the morning and jumping into a HIIT workout after drinking a cup of coffee or doing pre-workout and their cortisol is really dysregulated as a result, you know? So you have to really kind of peel back and assess why someone's experiencing certain hormone levels. As far as other tests that I will incorporate into my practice, it really depends on what the first couple of tests have showed. Again, what the client's symptoms look like, what their budget looks like, how much information they want to have access to. Sometimes I will utilize other labs such as the organic acids test, also known as the oat test. The oat measures 76 organic acids from a single urine sample which organic acids are products of your body's metabolic pathways. And we can evaluate these downstream metabolites from your metabolic pathways and get insight into important areas of your health, like your gut health, uh, mitochondrial dysfunction, 
neurotransmitter status. So get some clues on what's happening with your brain health, indicators related to how well your body is detoxing, macronutrient breakdown, some nutritional status markers. It can be a really valuable test to assess the need for certain nutrients, diet modifications, whether or not someone needs more antioxidants, uh, detox remedies, strategies, supplements, and other types of modalities. And then, of course, I've incorporated some mold testing, which I just did a podcast on this on last the last episode. I interviewed Nicole Ritter, and we talked about mold. I've incorporated mold testing with certain clients, depending on what comes back on their hormone testing or mineral testing. And again, symptoms. Sometimes you can piece together certain symptoms and the person discloses that they've been exposed to mold. And we just know like, you know what, I think we should just check this. And so there's a urine test that you can do to assess the presence of mycotoxins in your urine. Again, listen to the podcast interview. If you're curious on mold and whether or not you should test for it, it can be very helpful way to piece together some chronic health issues that you might be experiencing. So I got asked, when should you do lab testing? I think this obviously really depends, which I'm not going to give a straight answer here, which might frustrate some of you listening, but it's not a black and white answer. So I do think many choose to wait to do lab testing until there is a problem or someone's experiencing health symptoms. And part of that is because functional lab testing is rarely covered by insurance. Uh, These tests are not cheap. And these types of services are typically out of pocket for most people. However, I do have clients that come to me and want to do lab testing because they want to be proactive. Like I get a lot of women that are getting ready to get off birth control or they just got off birth control and they're thinking about starting a family in a year or two and they want to be proactive. They don't want to wait until they've been trying to get pregnant for a year to figure out where their hormones are at. They want to get ahead of it ahead of time and best prep their body for pregnancy Um, Or you have people that are postpartum, they've had a bunch of kids, they know that their body is a little depleted, they're breastfeeding, not getting a lot of sleep. Like naturally, when we experience a season of stress, when you are sleep deprived, if you get sick, if you have a, a season of a lot of stress, you know, the burning the candle at both ends, if you will that's going to deplete your body. It's going to naturally contribute to imbalances when we're not able to really take care of ourselves or we're in a life situation that doesn't warrant us the time and ability to have a healthy diet and practice good self-care habits and exercise and, you know, really take care of ourselves. You know, our our body is going to have issues as a byproduct of that. And for some people, those health issues or symptoms don't pop up right away, or it's very stealth symptoms like the occasional migraine, right? Or um, the occasional digestive issue, or you're just kind of more tired than you used to be. And we chalk it up to like, oh, we're just getting older or, you know, yeah, that's just, I guess it's just the way it is. And we just drink another cup of coffee in the day try to take some energy drink or do some random supplement from Target that's geared towards gut health. I see a lot of stuff at Target right now that's like energy pills and gut health things and hair, skin and nails. That's another thing I see. Women start having hair loss or 
they're just not as vibrant as they used to, right? Your hair is just not as healthy as it used to. That can be a sign of a thyroid issue or something underlying that you're just not aware of. And your body's trying to send you a little clue that something's off. And the clue it's sending you is hair loss, right? Uh, For me, acne. I had a lot of acne. Other than that, like I overall had pretty decent health. I was not overweight. I didn't have major chronic illness or pain. My sleep was normal. I didn't really have a lot of stuff going on, but I had a lot of acne. My period wasn't great. When I did lab work on myself during that time, I had major, major, major gut issues that I had to address. And my minerals were completely depleted and out of balance. So again, some people, they want to be more proactive Um, But some people do wait until they have health symptoms and they're in that position of, okay, I don't want to feel like this anymore. I got to figure out what's going on and I don't want to go on a medication. Um, Some people do end up going on medications for certain health issues uh, because sometimes we can't tackle everything from a natural standpoint, just being super transparent here. Not everything can be fixed by diet and lifestyle and supplements. As far as how often should you do lab testing, this also depends on A, your budget. So I do have some clients that I have been working with on and off for well over a year. And when they came to me, they had a lot of chronic health symptoms. We worked together really intensely for quite a few months, got them good to go, kind of sent them on their way. And then they come back like six months later and it's like, all right, Let's retest the gut. Like, I just want to see where things are at. Let's retest our minerals. Also see that with clients after they had a baby. Like I have one right now that she is about to have her first child. We worked together after she had had a year of not being able to get pregnant. Turned out she had a lot of gut issues. She had a lot of bacteria. Minerals were out of balance. Some blood sugar issues that we had to address. She got pregnant a few months in after working together Now she's about to have her first baby and we're emailing back and forth. I'm like, all right, she wants to retest things. And we're trying to figure out timing of when is the optimal time to retest. I told her that she should wait until after she has her baby Um, and also just see how she's feeling. So again, really depends on how are you feeling when it comes to assessing how are you feeling? Here's some things I'm going to say or questions I'm going to ask you to do a little body scan or a little check-in because sometimes we can become so out of tune with how we're feeling. First thing I would ask you, are you pooping at least once a day? And when you have that poop, is it like a good poop? Okay. (laughs) You know the difference. We all know the difference between like, yeah, I poop, but it's just not, you know, not a good one. I I like to see my clients pooping twice a day personally, um, but that doesn't always happen. So are you pooping every day? How's your sleep? Are you getting a decent amount of sleep? Do you sleep the night? Do you wake up and feel rested? Are you experiencing any hair loss? How's your skin? How's your menstrual cycle? If you have a monthly menstrual cycle, is it pretty consistent? Is it really heavy? Is it giving you a lot of symptoms? How's your energy? Can you get through the day without caffeine? Do you feel like you need a nap every day? How's your digestion beyond pooping? Do you deal with a lot of bloating, gas, yucky stomach feeling, nausea? Um, Those are kind of some of the basic level things. But I also would ask you 
How resilient are you to stress? That's a big one. Do you find that you are easily irritated, angry, frustrated, overwhelmed, impatient, can't tolerate a change in plans that you're you're super sensitive? And I'm speaking as a person that I fall on the category of being a highly sensitive person. I don't know if you've ever read the book, The Highly Sensitive Person. I am an HSP. That is a byproduct of I had a a lot of trauma and a lot of stress as a child. And so I, I have a more sensitive nervous system. I know that I am more easily activated into fight or flight because of a lot of the stress and trauma that I had growing up. And so I know that I personally need to do a lot to work on my nervous system. And when I am not working on my stress and things that improve my stress resilience, I am going to be more prone to maybe yelling at my kids, feeling like I need to go lay down in bed and crawl under the covers, retreating, introverting, wanting to be by myself. Like I'm very, very self-aware of when that's creeping up for me. In fact, I'm kind of in that cycle right now. (laughs) Just being honest, we just put our house up for sale and, you know, we have a lot going on in our personal lives right now. And I just yesterday was like, I need to work on my nervous system right now. Like I need to do breath work and more time, just not doing anything, rest, going for a walk and not listening to a podcast or talking to anyone, sitting outside and staring at the sky. Like last night, I literally floated in the pool with my kids. They were doing their own thing. And I just laid there and stared up at the sky and focused on my breath. And I floated for like 10 full minutes. And it was so good for my nervous system, right? And so doing a tune in on that part too. I know that if my body is in that fight or flight state and I'm constantly stressed and I just feel that like weight on my chest, I'm fried, I'm not handling my my life well, my need for minerals is going to be much higher. My digestion is going to suffer. And so those are kind of some of the clues of like, hey, I might need to recheck my minerals in a couple months after we move, we're moving to Florida in December, tentatively, I have it on my kind of schedule mentally that I'm going to be rechecking my minerals in January, February after we do that move, because that is going to be a very stressful, depleting season in my life, right? So those are just some of the things that you can consider. For me personally, I do a stool test on myself about once a year. And I do a hormone test on myself once a year. I test my hair twice a year because the hair test shows your mineral metabolism for the last 90 days. So technically you could be retesting your hair more frequently than that, but I'm on a routine of doing it about twice a year. And again, depending on what comes back on those labs, like if I had a major parasite infection on my gut, I would go through a protocol to address that. And then I would probably retest my gut afterward to make sure that I got it. There are certain infections or certain things that come back on a stool test that I'm going to tell the client right off the bat, like, hey, we're going to retest this before we're done working together because I want to make sure that we got it or that it things are improving. I also will say, before I forget, sometimes when you retest things, it's worse than it was before. Yay. Isn't that so fun? <laughs> This specifically happens with gut testing, and I'll tell you why. So in our gut, 
When we have things like H. pylori, there's certain types of infections we can have in the gut that create what is known as biofilms, okay? Biofilms are like weeds in the garden, and those biofilms can also trap other bacteria or other parasites and and pathogens. And depending on how you're working on the gut and what your protocol entails, I personally incorporate biofilm disruptors when a client is tackling something like H. pylori, all right? And when we're trying to get rid of biofilm in the gut, sometimes that will release other things. And on a retest, we will see things pop up that weren't there before. And that can be kind of alarming. It's actually a good sign. It means that you're getting rid of more things out of the gut. And it it gives you another direction of like, all right, now we're going to work on this. Sometimes this is a a multi-month process. It's not a quick 60-day snap your fingers and we're good to go. It's not a magic pill. You really, you do have to put in the work. And that is for, for me as the practitioner and for you as the client, we have to put in the work together to follow a protocol and make sure that we're moving things forward. Otherwise, you're not going to, again, you're not going to see the changes that you're looking for and in some ways, it can be a little bit of a waste of your money and a waste of time. Going back to what, when you should time doing labs, because I will get asked of like, should I get labs done now or should I work on other things first? Like, for example, working on your diet first, making sure that you're eating enough protein, dialing in on your blood sugar, making sure you're eating most of your meals at home, you know, supporting your detox drainage pathways like castor oil packs and you know, some people need to like really dial in on some of the basics first. And I am a huge fan of doing the basics first. In fact, if you come to work with me and you're not doing some of those basics, that's what we're spending the first month working on. Um, I'm making sure that you're not staying up to midnight every night. I'm making sure that you're eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And we're really dialing in on the foundations. I literally call it the foundations. However, Sometimes we need these lab results to make those changes. I see that a lot. I've even seen it myself. That's part of why I continue to retest my hormones and my gut health um, is because getting those labs back helps me stay on track. When I can see like, man, your cortisol, like I did a cortisol test on myself in May. I think it was in May. It was after I had covid so I had COVID uh, in end of March, early April. And I got, I didn't get crazy sick from COVID, but I had long COVID afterwards. So I had like a chronic cough and a lot of digestive issues, not digestive, respiratory issues afterward. Again, like the actual sickness was fine. It was like two days where I didn't feel great. And then a couple of days later, this brutal cough came and I had to, um, end up taking prednisone. It was not not a fun situation. I had to do a steroid inhaler. And that was a time that I was very thankful for my doctor. I did a Dutch test on myself a couple months later and can see like my cortisol suffered a little bit from taking the steroids. We know prednisone can really do a number on someone's cortisol production. It also can mess with your blood sugar. If In case you didn't know, a lot of times people will have high blood sugar after taking prednisone. 
And that was the info that I needed, though, to make certain, make sure that I'm prioritizing certain things in my supplement regimen and just in my day to day habits, too. And so some people need that data in their hands where they can see, like, wow, you really should not be eating gluten. You need to, you know, dial in on your eating habits. You know, you're in a very deficient state. We've got to work on getting more of these types of nutrients into your diet. And when you have that info in your hands and we can connect it to different health issues that pop up if you don't fix it, sometimes that is like the kick in the pants we need to make changes. So I'm kind of in the middle where I'm like, yes, have some of the foundations in place. But if you don't, that doesn't mean you're not going to still benefit from getting the testing done right away. And we make a plan to meet you where you're at. Again, sometimes there's just not an optimal time to do these things and work on our health. And sometimes we just have to take the next best step and go from there. If you're listening to this and you're like, I'm super interested in labs, I want to see what is going on with myself. I'm dealing with certain issues or you want to be proactive. I'm going to drop the link to my one-on-one services in the show notes. You can also go to fueledandfree.com. That's our main website and check out our different programs. We have two different programs in which we work with one-on-one clients And that includes functional lab testing. Um, And of course, you can always email if you have questions, fueledandfreepodcast at gmail.com or hit me up on Instagram. I am at Margaret Ann Powell. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Fueled and Free podcast. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Learn more at margaretannpowell.com and follow me on Instagram at margaretannpowell.com.